Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right, folks, I'm going to be honest with you. There, there's been virtually no hockey news and... Uh, I really don't have an intro. So instead, here are some cliches. So we're going to go out there. We're going to play a full 60 minutes. Uh, You know, every guy's got to play his game. We got to give 110%, get pucks in deep. And uh, yeah. Check, back check, paycheck, bro. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of the Tracking Storm Podcast. My name is Brandon. That's my co-host, Matthew Soma. We are in mid-August. There is very little to nothing for us to talk about right now, but we have come up with a few things, and we've asked you guys to help us come up with a few things. So we are bringing back fan questions, which is our most tried and true (laughs) segment at this point, probably making everybody else do the work for us. And we are going to take a stab at ranking the prospects in the organization. Now that the Hurricanes have brought in a pretty interesting draft class in the 2022 draft. Um, But we do have one little piece of news that I, I guess we can at least talk about a little bit and that is the news that the hurricanes have signed defensive prospect anthony honka to a three-year entry-level deal as matt tweeted earlier the chicago wolves i'm probably gonna edit it out so i'm just gonna go ahead and tell myself here i did just call them the checkers again but oh well Uh, um the chicago wolves do now have one right-handed defenseman on their roster so i'm guessing he's gonna get some big minutes man shit like (laughs) yeah i mean so he's not a stranger to big minutes because, I mean, he did play on the first pairing for the majority of this season. Um, for a shit team, but yeah. <laughs> um, hey, he, he played 20 plus minutes a night and that's, that's saying something, you know, yeah. like he can, he clearly can be trusted with those minutes. I think it'd be more telling if he wasn't on the top pairing on a bad team, you know? Right. So I, I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, Honka is in all likelihood a defenseman that can play on your power play, but one that's relegated to a third pairing role because of how poor his defensive, like he's not going to get a whole lot of defensive zone starts. I think he's a pretty good skater. He's a wicked passer. I mean, just a really smart player that can get the most out of his teammates, but he, he doesn't really have that great of a shot and his defensive game. I think he, he tries, he's guilty of trying to do too much. So that's my biggest concern with Honka that, you know, 
he may need to kind of have a short leash when he starts in Chicago. And then as the season goes on, he adjusts to the pace of play and, you know, the level of competition, they can start giving him, they can start loosening up a little bit and giving him more of that free reign. Right. I mean, that's when he's at his best too. He is a guy that you kind of want to have the puck on his stick. You want him to have some leeway to try to create offense because he is a pretty dynamic player with the puck on his stick and as a passer. Um, but it's going to be really interesting to see the Hurricanes have done a really good job of developing players lately. So it's going to be exciting. Obviously, they're going to have a new head coach down there. We still have to figure out who exactly that's going to be. But uh, yeah, going to be fun to see what they can get out of a very talented player. And as far as the coaching thing goes, like gut feeling, nothing more other than a gut feeling tells me it's going to be one of Pat Dwyer or Bobby Nardella. Right. Dwyer is a guy that I keep thinking too. Well, Dwyer is a Canes guy. The Canes hired him in Charlotte or no, the Canes hired him in Chicago. Sorry. I thought he was, I thought he also came over with Worsofsky, but no, um, I believe last year was his first year coaching. Right. So, you know, he's obviously a guy that the team is familiar with and that has had success as an assistant coach, but also Bob Nardella has been an assistant coach with the Chicago Wolves for, I think four different head coaches now. So he's very familiar with their organization and it may be one that the Wolves organization is pushing for. So it'll be kind of interesting to see. Yeah. I don't see them hiring a head coach outside of those two. Um, I could be wrong, but just like a gut feeling tells me. Yeah, I would agree. It'll be interesting to see. Um, you got to think that decision is going to come sooner than later at this point, too, because, I mean, yes, we are in the slow part of the summer, but it's getting to be there's not that much time left. Yeah, um, I would imagine that the Canes already have their guy. They just haven't announced it yet, because I would imagine that when David Quinn was hired by the uh, uh, Sharks, you kind of had a feeling that, you know, they were starting. Well, Warsawski even interviewed for that head coaching position. So the Canes were probably already prepared for, all right, well, if Forsofsky does leave this offseason, who's going to be the next guy? Right. Yeah, they, I'm sure they had to plan for that the way he's been the last couple of years. You know he's been on people's radars, and an NHL job is always coming sooner than later. Yeah, it sucks that it's not with the Canes, but it is what it is. Um, Brandon, so I, I think we're just going to do a top 10 um, prospect ranking. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, yeah, because we I don't want to be here. Well, I mean, you don't want to be here. No, no, I, I was gonna say too long. It's not that I don't want to be here. It's just I SMH. We don't need this to go on for forever. But I mean, as it has been for a while, the strength of the hurricane system lies more in their depth than in their, you know, star power for sure. Because outside of like well, Morrow is really the only guy that really has that much star potential. Maybe Trikozov. We'll see. Um, how he develops over the next few week, few years, but <clears throat> it's tough to just do ten players in this system because there's so many guys that you can put at ten, eight, nine, really all the way like yeah. five to fifteen feels like it's like so tight knit. Yep. So, Brandon, I think we'll just start with number one and uh, get it over with. How about that? Yeah, so I've been ranking Jack Drury here for a while, and I think I'm finally going to change my mind and go with Morrow. (laughs) I mean, I feel like there was merit in the point I made 
about Drury being a pretty surefire thing. And I do think it's important to take that into consideration when you're ranking prospects. But at the same time, I, I'm starting to – well, <laughs> it's not that I didn't love Moro already, but he's just a guy that is starting to look more and more like a star in the NHL to me. So with that kind of potential, I'm going to go ahead and pass the torch. It's a big day, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Scott Moro, for me, he's the top guy. And, you know, what I debated with him, because I had ranked Drury at the start as well, like uh, first overall in my last rankings, because Drury is our most offensive or our most NHL ready prospect. Like he could have stepped in the NHL lineup last year and been fine, you know? Right. But Morrow is without a doubt the prospect in the system as of right now with the highest upside. There's maybe two prospects in the system that I could see eclipsing Morrow, but Morrow is better. I don't know. As of right now, Morrow is the guy. Um, and, and there's really no need for debate. I'm curious to see who you have at two, though. Yeah, so for me, there's three guys in consideration here. I won't spoil the two that I don't pick. For now, I'm still going to go with Drury here, um, just because of all the things I have listed. I do think he's an NHL talent right now. I think he's going to be a good NHL player right away. I mean, I... I wonder how much production we're really going to get out of him because I do think he's going to end up in that fourth line role. But if he's with a player, like it's probably not going to be Natchez ever since the Pacioretty injury. But I mean, Andre Kasha is a good player and there's a good chance he could be on his wing. He could be with Stahl too, you know, Stahl, Fost and Kasha definitely is a potential pairing. But um, I, I think there's a good chance he has some talented player on players on his wing. And I do think he could contribute in the right role. So I could see his rookie year going from like, you know, anywhere from like a 10 goal, 25 point season to like a, you know, 20 goal, 40 point season. It'll be really interesting to see how it plays out. But I do think for now, he's the number two guy for me. Yeah. Um, so for me, I actually have Kochekov second. Okay. This is, this is based on the fact that Piotr's not that far away from the NHL either. And his upside right. is way higher than Drury's. You know, it, it, it's kind of embarrassing to admit that I had like kind of just written Kochekov off for a minute here. I think it's more because I, I almost already put him as an NHL player, even though he is still a prospect, more so than like, <laughs> oh, I wasn't going to rank him. Obviously, I mean, you could but... use the same logic for Drury, you know. That's like, true. Both yeah, 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 so exactly. close. It was to wrong NHL. on my part either way. <laughs> right. Well, the thing is, I think if the Canes had one goalie under contract instead of two, Piotr would be in the NHL next year. For sure. I think they... I don't know how much he can... More he can, Even though it was a small sample, I'm not sure how much more he really could have proven in the AHL than he did in such a short time. And I think it's good that he's getting a chance to be truly dominant at the AHL level again. Sure. Before moving to the NHL, because there's still a few things, like rebounds need to get better. I'd like to Absolutely. see him just kind of clean up his uh, style a little bit. That way you're not like, oh my God, Piotr, where are you going? Like half the time when you watch him. Right. Even though it works. Yeah, no, a, a full year in the AHL could definitely do him wonders. And if he does take that step and kind of, you know, even if it's just like confidence he's getting at that level, yeah. being that dominant number one starter, like that could pay big dividends for the Hurricanes when he does come up. Because, I mean, look at look, look at the Hurricanes tandem. 
you're gonna see Kochekov at some point this season. Right. Yeah, that's that's pretty much guaranteed. Um right. I do think that well, Drury is my number three prospect because um sorry, my cats are being cute right now. I was taking a picture. <laughs> That's fine. Okay, so you're gonna put Drury at three. I'll put Drury is my third because um, I think just based on upside, I'm putting Piotr ahead of him. Sure, that's fair. Totally, it's splitting hairs. It it really depends on how you want to like rank the players. You know? Yeah. Because like Drury is penciled in for an NHL spot next year, whereas Piotr's going back to the AHL. But for me, I'm like, yeah, but Piotr's a future NHL starter. Yeah, with like huge upside and i think those three guys are pretty clearly the top three guys in the hurricane system after there is where it can get a little bit more interesting probably i do think there's i think there's those three guys there's two guys and then it's like wide open so that'll be where it gets interesting at like six and beyond because i know well actually i'll make it seven and beyond because i think there's three guys now that i think about it that i'll put in this next tier so three guys in the top tier three guys in the second tier that are could easily get into that top tier after this year. And then after that, it's kind of wide open. So, so who's, who's your four? I've been the high man. Ooh, God. See, and <laughs> all right, this He's shows like, how like out of tune I am with hockey right now. Cause I just remembered another guy that it needs to go in this next tier. Shit, man. Okay. So for number four, I'm going to go with Billy Coyvin and I've been high on this kid. Like even higher than some people, I feel like for a while now. He's not having a great world juniors, but we know what he can do when he's on. We know what he did in the league of last year. And I still think he's got probably more second line than first line, but legit top six potential in the NHL someday as both a passer and a scorer. He's so smart. He's so crafty. If he can get a little bit faster, I think he can be a big time offensive contributor at the NHL level someday. So it's interesting that you say Koivinen and the, you mentioned his bad world juniors. I think the hockey in this world juniors hasn't been the best in general. And I think, you know, Koivinen hasn't played since I think May. So, you know, it's really hard to judge him on this tournament. You'd obviously like to see him play better, but I don't think it's entirely his fault. Um, For me, I have Noel Gundler at four and that's because for me, Gundler being in the pros this year is going to be huge for him. I honestly thought we were going to have to wait another year. I was like, you know, hoping that we could get him two years after he was drafted. But, you know, I was like, realistically, we're looking at three and we're getting him a year earlier. Um, I think this is going to be a huge year for Gundler developmentally. He may not put up the most points right away, but he's going to develop his all around game and he's going to get a big opportunity on this Wolves team because it's not a very deep roster. So um, Gundler for me has second line scoring upside. He could hit 25, maybe even 30 goals at the NHL level um, if he hits his ceiling. So this is a player that I'm really high on. Yeah, Number five, I, I had Gleb. Okay. So I'm like so high on Gleb and I wanted to put him <laughs> higher, but like I was like, let's wait until he gets at a level above the NHL first, you know? A level above the NHL, you said? MHL, the <laughs> Russian. Yeah. I got the, you. the Russian U20 league. Cause it's like very clear that he's just going to dunk on this league again. Yeah. 
and like you know that's cool but what's he gonna do right how much is it really challenging him and really gonna improve him at that point so i mean the guy i was gonna go with at five this is is the guy you just said noel gunler um Another guy that I've really, really loved watching ever since the Hurricanes drafted him just because of – it's a lot of the same things we said about Koivinen, and even though I think he's actually a little bit better skater than Koivinen is. Um, but he's got that – probably the best release in the Hurricane system. Um, really good passer to underrated passer probably because he's kind of known for that shot. Um, and, and like you said, I think this is a guy that can play in the top six someday as well. So he, I would put him right there with Koivinen. Like, and again, like this, this second tier really after those top three guys, I feel like it's pretty interchangeable and any of them really have a big, there's a big gap between their floor and ceiling because pretty much any of them, you know, there's no guarantee any of them make the league, but there's a chance that all of them do and all of them become very, very, very good NHL players someday. So yeah. Koivinen and, and um, Gunnar would be my four and five as well. Um, and then number six, I would go to Gleb. Because I haven't watched him as much as you have, but I, I put him in that same category. Like, he's a guy that uh, obviously he's got a wicked shot, really good skater. Like, he's got a lot of tools that project really, really favorably to the NHL. And he's a guy that I'm really excited to get my eyes on a little bit more this upcoming season. Yeah, and I think just you have your top guys in the system. And I my six is actually not Koivinen. It's Vasily Panamarev. Okay. Because I think Panamarev's game projects to the NHL next, not, not this upcoming season, but the next year, I think Vasily Panamarev pushes for an NHL spot. I really do. Okay. His game is, he plays Rod Brindamore hockey. He's quick. He's aggressive on the pucks. He's physical. He's really smart. And the offensive side of his game started to come onto the scene at the end of the year where he's making these really good passes. He's taking good shots. He's definitely more of a playmaker and probably more of like a third line center at the NHL level. But like all he's of gonna a sudden, work his ass off. Like he's, he's yeah. just this guy. It's gonna, he's Jameson, Reese, but a center and smarter in my opinion. Yeah. That's my take on him. Um, for me, that's the guy that I'm putting at six. I have Coyvin in seventh and it's like razor thin between for me, four through seven are interchangeable. I could put any of those prospects there and I'd be cool with it. Right. Okay. So seventh, um, is it your boy? Yeah. I'm going to have to go Jameson Reese here. Um, (laughs) not the year that I kind of hoped for him last year, but it's fine. He's still a very young player and still adjusting to professional hockey. I do think it was a bit of a culture shock for him having so much success in his first year in the AHL and then playing in the real AHL. (laughs) Um, but he really came on strong down the stretch, started to look like Jameson Reese again, started to piss everybody off, which is what I love so much about him. Um, and I think in a bigger role this year, I'm really excited to see him potentially break out because, because I think he's going to be a guy that's really relied on. Um, and I think he could have a top six role or at least middle six, but in more of a featured role than he had last year. And he's, it's just going to be up to him to take the opportunity and run with it. And, and if the end of the season and the postseason was any indication, I think he'll be up to the task. I think he'll start to put up a little more impressive numbers 
And I just think he'll generally be a more effective player. So I'm really excited to see what this year has in store for him. And I still think he's going to be a pretty, pretty good, maybe third line winger that just gets under everybody's skin and makes a lot of really nice passes. Good hands too. I mean, he's, he's obviously got a lot of skill. He's, he's not a guy that's just because of a down-ish year doesn't still have potential to put up points and right. be an effective like grinder at the NHL level someday. Right. Who's your uh, eight? So for eight, that's where it, it's hard not to go with Panamar. <laughs> I just wanted to go to a defenseman just for the sake of actually putting a defenseman somewhere in here. But... Yeah, the Kings defensive group is not as deep as their forward group. No, that's for sure. And, and I, I, I want to throw, um, I want to throw Nikishin in here pretty soon. So I'll probably, I'll probably do that at the end of the top 10 somewhere, but I guess Panamarev's probably a cut above anybody else I could really put here. All the things Matt's already talked about him. So I'm not going to go too much on a tangent with him, but just, he's got such great balance. You know, he's not a big guy, but he's got that low center of gravity. He really works the corners and protects the puck well. And he's really smart. Like you said, he's, he's a guy that thinks the game really well. And um, I, I think he can be effective in a variety of roles at the NHL level. Yeah. I've got no arguments. Um, I'm going to change up my rankings here a little bit. Um I need to pull up a Kane's prospect ranking so I don't forget somebody. <laughs> so on my on my eighth ranking for Kane's country, I had Suzuki. So here's the rest of my top ten from the end of July. It's Suzuki, Reese, and Fensori. And uh, while I really like Fensori, I think Nikishin's more likely to play NHL games than him. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm bumping Nikishin up to eight and then bumping Suzuki and Reese down to nine and 10, respectively. So for Nikishin, I've, I've been diving into his game. I've been posting hits of his lately just because it gets me engagements and it gives me serotonin. Um, <laughs> engagements but, and serotonin that's what it's all about baby right but like I've actually been watching his games too and like right. he's so good at sealing off plays both with physicality and you know with his stick and just how smart he is but like there's very few defensemen out there where you can feel their presence and you know that they're there and you know that players try to avoid them because they know how dangerous of a player that defenseman is and Nikishin's one of those players where it's just any time the puck is on his side of the ice you know what's coming it's inevitable he's gonna lay that player out like a freight train but he's gonna do so in a smart way he's a good enough skater to get back he's got a booming shot I'd like to see his playmaking improve a little bit um I think he's pretty much limited to simple passes right now with the occasional gem but um, this is, he's just such a good player, man. Um, the hands and shot at least give him some floor as an offensive player in the NHL. But if he does, you know, start thinking the game a little quicker and develop a little bit more playmaking instinct, I think he's going to shock and be like, yeah, the, the hands, NHL. the hands, because you're not really scoring from the point at the NHL level. Um, right. But like Brent Burns has made a, freaking career out of like yeah but rushing. Bur- burns's shot and uh yeah, nikishin's true. shot are not 
the same. Right. Burns has even like though Nikishin has shot. a pretty good shot for a yeah. defenseman, it's not Brent Burns level. Right. And part of that but is I because like, Brent Burns was a forward. Right. But I also mean the way Burns, a lot of his goals in the NHL have come from rushing from the blue line, using his size and getting into the, like getting in between the dots and then scoring. Yeah. But he still has to have that shot in order to pull that last part off, of course. But I think Nikisha might have a little bit of that in his game someday as well. Yeah, and um, I I think that eventually, you know, since Nikishin's playing in a first-pairing role for a legitimate contender this year in the KHL, I think that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Um, we still have not seen him sign an extension with Scott either, which is very interesting. Obviously, you know, there's two years left in his current KHL deal, but, like, so it's going to be like, okay, when's he going to sign for two years? But like, you know, there's, there's a chance that he comes over in 2024. Um, I hope so, man. I really <laughs> want to see him in the States because he might go straight to the NHL. Yeah. I'm trying to think of like, cause Nikishin doesn't remind me of like Nicholas Cronwall because like Cronwall, I feel like all he could do was hit. So, Oh, Vladimir Konstantinov, if you remember him, he played for the Red Wings back in the 90s. Yeah, the name sounds familiar for sure. The, the dude um, hits like a freight train, but kind of similar player where like really good skater and like just an imposing presence anytime he's on the ice. Yeah. You've already pretty much said how I feel about Reese. I'm not as high on his offensive game, I think, as I was um, last year but I still think he's going to be an effective NHL player for me, Suzuki. This is the year where he's either going to be much higher on my list next year or off the list entirely. Um, Maybe not off the list entirely, but like this is the second year of his ELC and it's a pretty big year because you've, you look at some of the center prospects that are right behind him on the depth chart and you're like, Oh, I don't know if, uh, Suzuki can cut it. So if he can show the offensive potential that he showed when he was in junior hockey, I think this will be great. Otherwise, like, yeah, he's a good defensive player, but that's not going to be enough for the NHL. Yeah, I I hate to say it because it's not really his fault that he's had so many just crap luck injuries, but it's kind of a make or break year for him even at as young of an age as he's at, what is he, 22 still? Like, it's not like his NHL career is hanging on by a threat or potential NHL career is hanging on by a thread, but he's got to start staying healthy first and foremost. And second, he's got to start making some offensive improvements. You drafted this kid in the first round to be a playmaking center. And I love the developments he's made on the other end of the ice, but he's got to have that offensive game in order to be – especially on this iteration of the Hurricanes with the depth they have, he's got to be more than just a grinding, you know, versatile player to make the NHL. Suzuki Um, doesn't turn 22 until May 28th. So that's that's an encouraging. Yeah. So that's encouraging, but like, you know, still not great. Yeah. All right. So you are through 10 or 11. I'm through 10. I'm done with my 10. Okay. So my nine and 10. Um, and I guess we should at least mention a couple other players. There are some guys that I'm not going to be able to list here that I do want to talk about, but, um, let's, so we'll at least do a couple honorable mentions, but, mm-hmm. uh, 
in the number nine spot, I'm going to go with E2 Macanian. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm going to go with, well, I'll put um, Nikisha at nine. Um, and okay. We can talk plenty about That's him. So I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't need to go any further into that. I, as I said, I can't wait to see him in the NA, or at least stateside. But again, I, I really think there's a chance if he, when he does come stateside, it'll be straight to the NHL. Um, and number 10, I want to know what you think about this one. I'm going to go with Massimo Rizzo. Sure. I had him 11th. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I should read your content more. I think it's you, great. Pick. You absolutely should. <laughs> um, I, I think love Massimo this guy's Rizzo. got some sneaky skill in his game. I think he's going – I think he's got a good chance to come to the AHL and turn a lot of heads whenever he does decide to turn pro. And I think he's got a chance to score at the NHL level someday. I don't – I mean, it's hard to project an NCAA player at this juncture into the NHL. But I, I think there's legitimate potential there, and I'm really intrigued to see him this upcoming season get another full year. Um, you know, this is really uh, some of these guys is like first like normal off season in year. Like I, last summer was still kind of reeling from the COVID and not really having full off seasons and stuff, right? So like this year, it's going to be more of a just a Testament. little bit more normalcy, a little bit more yeah. normalcy and like routine. So, so for me, what you have to keep in mind with Rizzo is. His draft, first of all, well, no. So his draft year, he struggled with some injuries. The year after his draft year, he struggled with some injuries. He didn't play at all um, during the 2020-2021 season, like at all. And then he comes into University of Denver as a freshman, has a hell of a season, and wins a national championship, and is one of the best playmaking freshmen in college hockey yeah after not playing for like a year so obviously i know that some players didn't play last year but like the ushl and a lot of the you know leagues that were college bound that had college bound players they played and even the ncaa played so rizzo really impressed he's got just tremendous hands he has elite skating ability he's constantly super quick dude is so good in the offensive zone um i think if he has a good enough year it wouldn't surprise me if the canes maybe try and get him over but also why waste the development time if they can get him you know through his junior year too but like for me he was a 20 year old me too and and who wouldn't want i I just want to say his name all the time massimo rizzo fucking amazing but I, um, he does, he was a 20 year old freshman, but at the same time, like he scored everywhere he's been and they may not have been like the best leagues in the world, you know, the BCHL, NCHC, whatever. But I mean, all the kids done is produce all the kids done is earn ice time and play pretty much. He's played a lot of penalty kill too, if I'm not mistaken. And he was kind of an all situations guy, which is That's what I thought. why I like him. Exactly. Like there's, there's I just a think lot he's a very routes. good prospect, and sure. he probably shouldn't have gone. And I think the reason he went in the seventh round in his draft year is because of the injuries. Right. 
So it was just another good late round find by the Hurricanes, which is, you know, a theme for this organization. Speaking of, I do want to talk about a couple guys that I did have, you know, in consideration for the bottom of my list. And since we're on the topic of late round picks, Ronan Seeley, man. I know the WJC is a little watered down, but, and I honestly, I'm going to admit I haven't watched any games, but the kids getting a lot of attention, getting a ton of ice time for Canada and apparently playing very, very well. And it continues to be a guy that I just really, really like and really root for just because of the skating ability. He's such a modern NHL defenseman. Um, yeah. I, I think, I think you hate that term, don't you actually? <laughs> Mm-mm. I don't hate my. Well, what's defenseman. what's what's the term? There's something puck about moving. defense. Puck moving defenseman. That's what it is. Okay, okay. Because because it's such a buzzword where like right. people in this market immediately are like, he's Ryan Murphy. Screw him. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I like Celia a lot. I think he fits into the modern game very very well, and I think he has a chance to play legitimate NHL minutes someday. Um, so him and one other late round defenseman, Vladimir Grudinin, I like him a lot really electric player with the puck on his stick from the defensive end. And for a fifth round pick, I mean, this kid's got legitimate upside. Yeah. And speaking of defensemen at the world juniors, Alexi Himasalmi is having a really good tournament as well. Um, he was good. The first world junior, it was only two games, but he had some really good moments then too. And looks like he's like putting up a bunch of assists. And again, I'm not actually watching, but he's just, he's a player that's constantly involved in the play, whether it's offensively or defensively. All right, guys, before we move on to our fan questions, we are a proud part of the Hockey Podcast Network and proud partners with the DraftKings Sportsbook. So we are going to take just a quick minute and get a word from our friends at DraftKings. College football is back. It's time to enjoy one of the favorite traditions of the fall, the fun, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. To celebrate the best time of the year, right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. If that's not enough action, you can also place the same game parlay for a shot at an even bigger payout. Just combine multiple bets into one, like which team will get the win, which team will score first, and much more. As a Duke fan, I don't really have that much to cheer about this time of year, but hey, we got a new coach coming to town. Maybe I'll even get in on the action. Try to win myself some money in the first year of the Mike Elko era. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and up in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for terms and resources. One per new customer. Minimum $5 deposit and wager. $200 issued is $825 free bets. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text Tennessee Redline at 1-800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. And we're back. Yeah, we're back. That was nice. Oh. Brandon, I think we should move on to some fan questions. We've we've talked about prospects. Let's just uh, wrap up tonight with some fan questions. We didn't have a ton. My good friend Austin asked, who's your favorite player to watch in the World Juniors? And uh, Kane's, one answer, right? <laughs> Kane's prospects aside, it's, it's Connor Bedard. Exactly. I love watching Connor Bedard. I could care less about any uh, like anybody other than five players, and it's the four Canes prospects and Connor Bedard. 
everybody else can screw off. I do love Dalibor Dvorsky, another all-name team guy. Yeah, I, I scout the WHL, and I only care about the WHL. <laughs> right, I forgot about that part. Yeah. But, um, yeah, for me, it's, it, I mean, it's like I said, there's only one guy to name there. Connor Bedard's a freak. Yes. Marcus asks, who do you see as future captain of the team after Stahl? Oh, that's actually a really good question. Probably Ajo. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's Ajo, maybe, question mark. Well, it it really, so here's the thing. It really depends on Aho's next contract. That's true. I I wonder if that's got a couple more years in him. I think when his contract's up, well, he might sign for like really, really cheap to play on the fourth line, but he might just be gone when that contract's up, depending on on how the next NHL player, though. That's the thing. Yeah, but he is showing signs of slowing. So we'll see. Sure, but like if you have have him for like a couple million in the fourth line role, that's not breaking the bank. Right. I agree. I agree. So in that case, well, could the captaincy thing be something they try to dangle with Ajo as like something of a negotiation tactic? You know what I, I mean? mean? That's possible. I, I think Ajo's the guy. If and this is us just purely projecting as like, hey, this is technically a possibility. Like Ajo leaving the team in 2024 is a possibility. If that happens, I think it's fetch. Mm, you've got Slavin under contract for another year. I think that's an option. Um, Slavin almost feels too right as an A. You know what I mean? Like, no, I agree. I'm just, th- I'm just listing players. Or who knows? It's probably going to be Jordan Martinuk after he signs oh, his five-year extension. Oh God, I'm leaving. And, and maybe it's not Spetch. Maybe he is a guy that you go more. At least you know, for a guy that's not even an A yet. But when you think about how much the Hurricanes love him, if he takes like a big step the next couple of years and becomes the superstar that I still fully expect him to be, knowing the way Brendan Moore and Waddell and everybody else, Tom Dundon feels about him, I think there's a legitimate chance. Maybe he does go straight from <laughs> no letter to C. Who knows? Crazier things have happened. Yeah. All right. Sam Kinney asks, can you explain the benefit of signing Stepan to a PTO rather than a standard contract? So Cap Friendly, for those of you that don't know, Cap Friendly reported that Derek Stepan has been signed to a PTO, which is a professional tryout. This, Dude, I'm surprised nobody signed him. To Isn't me, that weird? this seems like Stepan really wants to stay, and this is the Canes being like, all right, well, we'll sign you to a PTO for now, and then when we figure out the cap, you've got figure a contract out contracts. here. There yeah. you go. That's, That's surprising, though. The dude like was scratched in the playoffs and, like, he shouldn't have been. That was like yeah. so. No, weird. I agree. Like, I'm, I'm glad. I'm very glad because he's a useful NHL player, and I think there's a role for him on this team. But yeah, there's less of a logjam without like guys like Levo Lawrence. Like, there's less of a logjam on the fourth line now, right? So there's more of a role for him. I just, especially with Patcheretti out too, like. Signing Derek Stepan, you're not going to be like, oh, hey, like, you know, this is this is going to be the difference maker for this team. But like, for me, Stepan wouldn't have signed this PTO if he didn't want to be here. Seems even like when he in his like exit interviews, it was pretty clear that he loved the area and that he really wanted to stay. So who knows? And it seems like the team really wants to keep him as well. Like 
obviously there has to be some interest if you sign him a player to a PTO, but it seems like it's more than just like, hey, let's see what this random guy can do for our team. Jeff Nelson asks, is there another buyout window for Jake G? Jake G meaning Jake Gardner from my understanding of things. Uh, no, there is not. Um, as far as I know, Jake Gardner is still a part of this team. And uh, who knows, man? I, I I don't know. Maybe the Canes are banking on him not passing his physical. Maybe the Canes are like, well, now we've got the cap space. We might as well have him for the second power play. Maybe this is just a nice hockey sport and nothing really matters in the end. Enjoy Arby's. Uh, you want me to just move on to the next question? Yeah, I have nothing. <laughs> All right. Nick King asks, how confident are you guys in Kokaniemi playing 2C to start the season? I think if you aren't skeptical going into the season with him as the second line center, you are kidding yourself. Point prediction for the season. Um, yeah, my faith level isn't, like, huge. Um, and then there's skepticism, of course. I mean, yeah. So he needs to prove that, like, he can be consistently the player he was when he got that expanded role. So, like, obviously there's reason for optimism when ex- projecting him out to a full-time second-line center role. Because even when the Hurricanes were missing a lot of players and he got that extended role, he was really, really good. So, in a perfect world, that's the player you're going to get not every night, obviously, but for a bigger, larger majority of the season. And if you think about who his line mates are going to be, even without Pacioretty, he's still going to have somebody like Jarvis, Svechnikov, Tarabinen, Natchez. Like he's going to have a lot of talent around him, and he's going to have every opportunity to succeed with this team. So, I mean, I think it's perfectly reasonable to expect 45-ish points from him, maybe a little bit more if things really go right. Yeah, I th- Here's the thing, man. Like, Kokaniemi had a good year, all things considered, especially when you look at the players he was playing with. And you look at and his rate stats, a lot of them are really good. Yeah, like, defensively, he's arguably one of our better defensive forwards. And he put up these numbers while playing with Jordan Martinuk, Derek Stepan, Stephen Lawrence, and, like, a, another rotating cast of players every night. So... There's more offense to give. I also think he was pretty snake bit last year. Yeah, he definitely was. Um, so obviously you're not like super impressed with 29 points in 66 games, but here's the thing. He got 12 minutes of ice time a night. No power play time. So Here's the thing with with Coke Kaniemi, he's going to be put in a situation to succeed. He's going to be playing with, you know, Cap Friendly's depth charts has him with Teravine and Natchez right now. That would be a fun line, but you, like you said, you could throw Svechnikov or Jarvis in there. There's not enough goal scoring on that line right there. Right? No, I'm just, I'm just like throwing, you know, what out there. Like if Pacioretty was there. You know, he'd be on one of those lines too, you know? So, like, the thing is, Kokaniemi should see a pretty large rise in point production this year because he's actually going to be put in a situation to succeed. With Pacioretty out now too, you've got the opportunity to put him on the power play. So, (sighs) there's skepticism, of course, based on, like, he's very unproven at a 2C role. 
But at the same time, he showed enough last season to where I'm pretty comfortable with putting him in that role. Yeah. I am cautiously optimistic. I think Same. I think saying that like you're kidding yourself if you aren't skeptical is a little harsh. Sure. Because like we've seen something from Coke Kaniemi and like we had Vincent Trocek on our team last year. Like Vincent Trocek's a proven player. You're not putting him on the fourth line, you know? Like I think that if Coke Kaniemi can continue to play his game while also taking a step forward offensively then you're looking at like possibly 40, 45 points. I'm not going to yeah. say any more than that because that would be crazy. Silly. <laughs> so, yeah, that's all he's got a chance. That's all, yeah. Well, we did ask for him kind of like this month, yeah. this, this week. So, oh, well. That's, I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, so next week, we probably will not have anything to talk about again. We'll have to maybe try and get a guest on at some point. Um, I've been kind of slacking lately because I've just been so busy with everything, but uh, we'll make something work. After that, though, I think we'll have one more week where there's gonna it's going to be like pretty dry content-wise. But then like the KHL starts, the Champions Hockey League starts. Like there, There's hockey that's starting pretty soon where it'll at least give us something to talk about, you know? I also would imagine that the Hurricanes announce their prospects tournament roster sometime in the next like three weeks. We're going to have stuff to talk about. Yeah, it's a coming, man. We're not that far away at this point. I, my, uh, I mean, my calendar's, is getting prepped because I'm going to a music festival in just over a month. My countdown's off to that. And then right after that, I mean, it's like, well, preseason is actually already going to be underway by the time I go. So It's going to be me just vibing at the Prospect <laughs> Showcase by myself. When is the Prospect Showcase? Oh, the Prospect Showcase is the 16th through the 19th. Oh, I'll still be here for that. So I'll be able to go to that with you. We'll be able to hang out, do a live show. Let's do a live show from the podcast. Yeah. Pro- <laughs> no, nah, I'm just going to watch the game. Um, so we'll have that. I'm going to a music festival. When I get back from the music festival, by the time I've recovered, it's basically going to be hockey season. Hell yeah. Absolutely. I'm going to be covering all three games. Uh, I believe there's games the 16th, 17th, and 19th. So. Anyways, I think that's going to be it for this podcast. Um, you know, just sorry that there's been no content. Um, we will we will get with I'm our apologize to them. We'll get we'll get in touch with our people and try and spice things up for you all next week with some hockey news, hopefully, because you know we have that much pull. <laughs> we're not influencers yet, but we're still pretty cool. But folks, as always, even though we're in like the dregs of the offseason, it is still a great time to be a Carolina Hurricanes fan.